Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We've been in a series called Cultivating Foundations, where we are looking to build spiritual maturity in our life. We've been going through these, and last week we had some guests, uh, Josh and Stacy Engel came in, uh, they're with YWAM, and Josh laid out the foundation of evangelism. And it was awesome. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast. Uh, But he laid out why evangelism is a foundation of our faith. But he said something that kind of spurred something in my heart. After he talked about laying out kind of this foundation of evangelism, he said, my wife and I feel like we're called to go to Europe. So they're going to be going to Europe and, and doing some different countries there. And I started to think about what does it mean when you say, I feel called? Because one of the foundations of our faith is that every single person in this room has been called by God. Amen? Every single person in this room has been called by God. We know it. You're going to hear it in a moment. We've been, we've been called to disciple uh, others and to glorify Jesus. That's everybody's calling. But in that calling, you also have an assignment. And here's what it says in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 4. It says, we're all the body of Christ, but each part has its own function. Meaning that all of us have a calling, but each of us have a different assignment in that calling. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what your assignment is in the calling that God has placed on you, uh, but we're going to talk about that today. In fact, if you read scripture over and over and over and over and over, you'll see this same thing. You'll hear this word that men and women had a calling on their life or an assignment on their life. And when you hear that word assignment or calling, it could be like this intense desire in you. Something's burning in your heart and you're like, I've got to do this. Like, I've got to do this. I don't feel like I can fulfill life until I do this. That could be it. Or it could be the opposite. It could be this intense fear in you, but you know God's stirring something in you. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, this scares me to death, but I know he's calling me to something. So it could be both a desire or it could be a little bit of a fear that the Lord's stirring up something inside you. You know, though, he's calling you to it. This is what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 1.4. The Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, look what he says, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So here's God telling Jeremiah, before you were even born, I had a plan and an assignment for your heart. I knew that I had something I was going to call you to. So here's Jeremiah's reply. I think all of us would do this in our life. And Jeremiah says, he said, um, he said, oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Okay, fill in the blank. Lord, I can't speak for, for you. I'm too old. I can't speak for you. I'm not a good speaker. I can't speak for you. I failed speech class. Come on, people out there. I can't speak for you. I'm too busy. You see, all of us have an excuse when the Lord calls us that we could put in there. Amen. Jeremiah's was just simply, I can't speak for you because I'm too young. And here's what the Lord said to him. Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And do not be afraid of the people. Do not be afraid of the people, for I will be with you. I'll protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And if you know anything about Jeremiah's ministry, the guy was bold And he would speak whatever the Lord told him to speak, but the dude went through some brutal stuff. 
But everything he went through, God brought him through. Amen? Here's what I want you to hear from this word. God planned you. Men and women in this house, God planned you. There's no one else like you. You want to know why your thumbprint's different? Because God said there's no one else like you. When God made you, he broke the mold. Anybody ever been told that? Oh, when they made you, they broke the mold. It's true, every single one of you. God broke the mold when he made you. He made you and he gave you something that nobody else could do. He created you with the purpose. You're like, you're unlike anyone else on the earth. And you need to get this in your heart. Your value and how you were made and what God has put on you is for you and nobody else. Because he's given every single one of us a calling and assignment in this house. When God chose Abraham and Moses and David and Ruth and Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr., they were all on an assignment that the Lord had given them. When God chose you, he called you. This is what his word says, you are a chosen people. He chose you. Many times when the Lord calls you to serve him or calls you into the assignment, you get this uneasy feeling like I'm incapable. There's no way that I can do this or I'm unqualified. Anybody ever felt that? Incapable or unqualified? But I know this and I hope you know this. Maybe he's been doing something in your mental state. Maybe he's been doing something in your emotional state. Maybe he's been doing something in your spiritual state. But God is developing something in you that somebody else needs. He's putting his spirit in you. He's putting his heart in you. He's putting his emotions in you. He's putting his will in you so that you will go out, live out your assignment and your calling, and somebody will see Jesus in you. You're on an assignment. But let me say this. Your assignment is not your decision. Your your assignment is your discovery. Meaning that we're not just coming up with what we want to do. Many are the plans of man, but it's the plans of God that prosper. It's not about what I want to do. It's discovering what God wants to do in me. This is what 1 Corinthians 2.10 says. God has revealed those things to us by his Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches everything, especially the deep things of God. What our role is to do is ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me? It's not me just coming up with a bunch of things that I want to do. I want to ask God, what's your heart for me today? What is it that you have for me today? What is it that you want me to do in this pla- on this planet today? I want to know, Holy Spirit. You're the one who reveals things. Holy Spirit, tell me what you want me to do. This is how Paul saw it in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. This is what he says. He's at the end of his ministry. He's getting ready to go to Jerusalem. That's bad news for Paul. They do not like him there. He knows it's going to be a brutal place, and here's what he says. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, meaning I am shackled by the Spirit of God. I'm not getting out of this thing. He's telling me where I need to go. I'm constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Here's what he's saying. The Lord did not show me the whole plan. How many of you guys want the Lord to show you the whole plan first? You're going to be disappointed, man. Paul goes, I know he's not going to show me the whole plan, but let me tell you what the Lord did show me through the Holy Spirit. He testifies to me that in every city, imprisonment and afflictions await me. That's awesome. So thank you, God, for not revealing the whole plan, but showing me the brutality that's about to come. And he says these words, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord 
Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I'm telling you right now, you have an assignment on your life, and we have a responsibility to make a choice. I'm either in or I'm out. And in that choice, I will either walk in obedience and give him my yes, or walk in disobedience and give him my no. Paul was trying to be, the people that love Paul, try to divert him off of this mission, this assignment that God put him on. And we know this because in Acts 21, it said all the people urged Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. They were weeping and they were crying and Paul says those words, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not ready only to be imprisoned, but even die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, it says we ceased, we stopped. We said, okay, he's not, he's not going, he's constrained by the Spirit, he's not going to listen to us. And it says, let the will of the Lord be done. Why is all this important today? I'm going to invite Dan and Penny Rayburn to come up here. Four years ago, this family from Georgia, which, oh man, that southern accent got us, I'm just telling you right now, walked into the church with their family, and they became family to us. They became people who served like I have never seen before. They gave of themselves. And so a year ago, we hired Dan on in our, uh, in our pastoral staff as our family life pastor, and Penny became one of our preschool teachers. And we knew from that point on that God had him here for a season because we also knew that God was stirring something, an assignment and a calling in their life. And so just a few weeks back, a few months back, Dan and Penny came in, and they said, Aaron, we feel like um, the Lord has told us it's time to fulfill that assignment. I was like, what do you mean, like moving next door, or what what are we talking here? And they said, no, we we feel like the Lord has told us that we are supposed to move back to Georgia. Now, you got to understand, Dan told me, I will never move back to Georgia. How many guys know, never tell the Lord, never? Anybody? Okay. And all of a sudden, the Lord started stirring something up in them. And so, as Dan began to process, and Penny began to process, they really had a word from the Lord that said, hey, it's time to go complete the assignment that I put you on. They could have said no. They were comfortable. Things were good in life. Ministry was good. Things were happening. Family was settled. Kids are involved in everything. Everything seemed like it was good. But the Lord isn't interested in our comfortability. He's interested in completing his plan. Amen? Amen. And so I want Dan and Penny, they're going to share with you what God was processing in their hearts when they said yes to him. And so would you welcome Dan and Penny as they share their story with us? Good morning. Man, it's so amazing to be up here. Uh, you know, as me and Penny were reminiscing the other day, and it seems like it was just the other day when Penny came, or uh, uh, Caitlin got off the bus, and she was excited. She's like, you know, we'd been to a couple churches. She's like, hey, Dad, I met the owner of this church's daughter. And I'm like, you met Jesus' daughter? <laughs> well, no, it was actually Aaron, Aaron's daughter, Taylor, and, you know, Taylor invited us to come to the church, and we walked in, and there's something special about this house. God doesn't dwell in a building. God dwells in his people, and there are so many amazing churches in Wichita, and to be able to be, to call this place home for four years has been amazing. Our family has grown. I've seen my girls uh, just explode in who they are in Christ. I've seen my son go from a little boy to a man and have the influences of you guys. So, you know, my wife, when we left Boston, uh, where we lived last, 
my wife just prayed. She interceded for our kids. God, give us a place where our kids can have other people to, to speak into their life. Because we know, teenagers, when you get in your teens, you have no desire to hear from your mom and your dad, which is pretty true. And God answered our prayer, and you guys have spoken life into our children over the last four years, and we are so incredibly grateful for that. And, you know, as we're going to talk about an assignment today, there's so many different assignments God gives us. And I want to say thank you for those that had the assignment for a season to speak in our kids' lives and to speak in other children's lives, because when they will not listen to their mom and dad, they're going to listen to you. So... uh, Every assignment that God gives us is so incredibly important. So I'm going to do my best not to re-preach, re-say everything Aaron just said um, <clears throat> about an assignment or a calling, but I will answer this question. So I remember growing up, so I grew up in church, um, my dad was a pastor, um, and you know, I would always hear this phrase, oh, well, do you feel called into this or to that? And I'm like, what? Sure, yeah, I feel called. But like, what does that even mean? You know, and I'm here to tell you, each and every one of you guys, you are called by God. So the Apostle Paul said in, uh, in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, it simply says, I am a prisoner because of the Lord. So I am asking you to live a life worthy of what God has chosen, or in some versions it says called you for. Don't be proud of, at all. Be completely gentle. Be patient. Put others, uh, put up with one another in love. Thank you, Lord, for that one, because Penny's had to do that a lot in our life, is to put up with me in love. So if you ever wondered, am I called? Do I have an assignment? Absolutely, every one of you do. As as Aaron said a a minute ago, God created each and every one of you individually, distinctly, for a purpose, We have a choice in that purpose. So uh, love to, I'm going to say read, actually love to listen to books. And so I'll listen to this one book. It was by Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard Bonnke is the founder um, of Christ for All Nations. It's an organization uh, that has done some amazing missionary work in Africa. So him telling his story, he tells a story where, where God calls him and gave him a vision You know, God speaks to us all in different ways. And for him, it was kind of like God would give him this vision, drop a sheet down in front of him and show him this. And God showed him that he was going to preach to the masses in Africa. And he was like, wow. And he was so excited that God would call him. And God told him, Reinhardt, you weren't my first choice. Reinhardt, you weren't my second choice. You were actually my third choice. So I say that this morning to tell you that's an awesome call. The man, literally, that organization, millions have come to know who Christ are because of the call and the assignment God put in his life. But there were at least two people before that God put that on their heart, and they said no. So God will have his way. God is going to get what he wants, and he wants to use each and every one of us, and we get the opportunity to say yes or say no. So During this process of this reassignment, because I believe we're all assigned, and then we finish up that season, and God may reassign us to a calling or to a place or to a thing or whatever, um, then a lot of times it may be uncomfortable. You know, 
when we first got this call, and we'll talk specifically about ours here, here in a few minutes, but I wasn't very happy about it. I didn't want it. I was happy where I was at, and, you know, I was like, oh, good, God, I'm good. We're good here in Wichita. So what God has impressed upon my heart over the last year and, and even more is to remain on purpose while we're on assignment. So I'm going to talk for about five or six minutes on that, and then I'm going to invite Penny up, and we're going to talk about our story a little bit. So it's important for us to remain on purpose. The purpose that God has put in each one of our hearts while we are executing our assignment. What is that purpose? So I think my mind, like, you know, you give me a task and I'm like, let's go. I want to do it. Let's get it done. So what happens, at least in my heart, and there may be nobody else in here, did just me. And that's okay. I'll preach to myself here. So God gives me something. I'm like, okay, cool. God, you want me to go and build a building. Cool, I got it. Now, God, you got all this other to worry about. Go and do your thing, and I'm going to do this. And I lose focus that God is there with me, and he wants to direct every step of the way. God gives us so many talents. God gives each and every person here a different talent, a different thing you're good at. And sometimes he calls us to activate in those talents. Sometimes he calls us to activate in talents we don't have, and when he calls us, though, to, to, to be activated in the talent that we have, it's so easy for us to be like, okay, cool, God, you gave me that. You gave me that talent. Now go and take care of the other people, and I got this. And I want to tell you today that that's not what God desires. So first off, God desires for us to know him. As I said, often we, we get so um, focused on the calling, the purpose, uh, the, the assignment, and we search for what that is, and we forget to search for him. So I challenge you this morning to know who he is, not what, what he can do for you, uh, what he can give you, what you can do for him, but know who he is, who, crea- who he created you to be, and who he is in your life. Uh, and, and know that he loved you first. You know, a... a uh, uh, a well-known verse is 1 John 4.10. It says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loved us first. So it's important in our, as we remain on purpose to know and focus on who he is in us. And the second thing I'll tell you that often that I struggle with is to know who we are in him. So we must redefine ourselves in who he says we are. I know when I came to Christ, and even after sometimes, I lose focus on who he called me to be. You know, I have flaws. I know it's, you don't see them very often, sweetheart, but I have flaws. You know, and we are the world's best at knowing where our weaknesses are. And we may never say them to anybody else, but well, I can't talk in front of people. Or, you know, no, I can't, I can't do that, or I can't do this. I'm not worthy. And when we do those things, we have not redefined who we are through the lens of Christ. So in Romans 8, 14 through 17, and if you're, if you're call Reliance home, this is not going to be anything new to you. We love this verse here. But it's always near and dear to my heart, and it says, For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoptions into sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testified with our spirit that we are children, God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. And we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in the sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Ladies and gentlemen, if we are sons and daughters, we have to operate like sons and daughters and know who he has made us be, to be. We don't operate in our own power. Sometimes we can. When I'm like, hey, God, I got it. You gave me, hey, you made, I'm good at talking in front of people, God, so I'm good. You just go worry about other stuff, and I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Well, then we're not operating in who God has meant for us to be. But when we know who we are in him, when we know that I'm not operating in my power, but I'm operating in who, in, in, in through him, we are made whole and made glorified through who we are in Christ. And he wants you to remember who you are through him. It's not because anything we've done. I, you know, I've caught myself in the past where, I mean, I'll do these things and, you know, oh man, this is gonna really, really, you know, God's gonna be proud of this. Well, maybe he sees that, and he, but he loves you no more and no less because of what you've done. It's because of what he's done in you. So don't forget who he has made you to be. And then lastly, uh, the purpose that we are made. Don't forget the purpose that we're made. I, there's three things that God's told me, the purpose that we were made here. Number one is to worship God. God made us to glorify him and who he is. That is our number one responsibility in life is to worship Christ and know who he is. Number two, the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. We're called to worship God. We're called to love those around us. We're not called to judge them. We're called to love them. They're going to see who Christ is through us. And I'm going to steal this phrase from my wife. She's got lots of them. She lets the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's job. We are terrible Holy Spirits. We're terrible. I, well, I'm not one to convict. It's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm there to love Show who Christ is in me. Let him reflect off of me. And let the Holy Spirit do his job. And number three is to make disciples. So the Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So as we're seeking our assignment, carving out our path, I challenge you to ask you yourself these three questions as we're on assignment. Number one, is my focus remaining on him? Because it is so easy as we get to executing the assignment he's giving us to take our eye off of him and off the relationship that he has called us to have with him. Number two, am I operating in who he says that I am? The enemy knows your weaknesses. He knows if you think that you're not worthy. If you're operating from a, from a standpoint of, oh, well, this is, I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not that, is that what Christ has meant for you to be? 
And number three, am I worshiping him? Am I loving those around me? And am I allowing God to draw those and once they're drawn, and am I discipling them in who God has meant them to be? And if we do those three things, it doesn't matter what your assignment is. If your assignment is being a preschool teacher, a garbage collector, a counselor, if it's to be a doctor, it doesn't matter what your calling is, you're glorifying God during this calling and in your assignment. So about a year ago or so, um, my wife comes up to me. I think she actually called me. She says, hey, what do you think about moving back to Georgia? And I'm like, you're out of your mind. What? No, we're good. Uh, so, honey, if you would come up. Where's the mic, Aaron? Oh, you got it. Oh, I'm, there you go. And, you know, so, so God put on a heart many years ago. We had, for about 12, 13 years, we are in kids' ministry. Um, and then it, when we lived in Michigan, we had a couple that really spoke into our lives and gave us some practical application of the word and how you use that to uh, love each other better. And because of how they interacted with us and they spoke into our life, it revolutionized who we are as a husband and wife. So God, we feel God is, has given us an assignment to speak into the lives of pastors, of missionaries, of ministry leaders, of first responders and military, those occupations that are, that are driven, uh, that are mission-driven, right? A pastor, that's a high calling, right? Military, high calling. And it is so easy for them to be able to say, you know, sweetheart, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta leave, I'll, I'll be back later, and they show up at 10 o'clock that night because what, they're visiting some of the hospital. They are um, helping to counsel someone, uh, they're out on mission, whatever it is. Those are honorable things. But we also believe God has called us to help them find a good balance of how do you honor God through how you honor your wife or your husband and your children and honor me through the assignment that you've been given. So God's put on our heart, I don't know, we'll see if it sticks, we're calling it mission first marriage, uh, that we feel God has called us to Georgia um, to, to find a space. We don't know all the details. Part of our journey we're going to talk about. We don't know what it looks like. But we know that we want to have a place where people can come and we can speak, speak life into their marriage and to their family that you can honor God through honoring your family and then living out your calling. So, honey, would you share a little bit about um, what this journey's looked like for you? Hi. <laughs> um, so I think first, um, when Pastor Aaron asked us the question, what does the call look like? Um, that's kind of a hard question to answer in a very short period of time. But I think what I thought first was before you can recognize the calling, you have to recognize the voice of God. You have to know when he's talking you to you to tell you what the calling is in the first place. And to me, God talks to, to all of us in different ways. But to me, he talks to me in a knowing. Like, I just know. Like, it just is what it is. He talks to me in visions and dreams. And he talks to me through other people and his word. Um, and there's many, many other ways he talks to people through creation and all kind of things. But that's the beginning way that I know God talks to me. So I was able to recognize his voice because I knew when he spoke. Um, 
for me, the process was really, God talked to me through really simple things. Um, the Zillow app, who likes Zillow app? It kind of gets you in trouble just a little bit, guys. Be careful. But on the Zillow app, I used to look for properties all the time. Like, we want some land. We need to be, you know, going out there and dealing with chickens and doing all the things. And um, I was looking at my app one day, and I just felt like God said, you're wasting your time. So I put my phone down, and I was like, oh, my goodness. We're never going to move from this house, are we? And God said no. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do with that information. I'm just going to put it over here. And then, you know, just kind of continued on with life. I was doing laundry one time, and God said, um, I just felt like this overwhelming, you're moving to Georgia. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do with, no, no, that was not part of our plan. Our plan is to stay here. And, you know, I just felt like God said, no, this is what you're doing. So I'm like, okay, God, if this is you and this is what you're telling us to do, then I need you to change the hearts of my people. And I need you to change my heart because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to change the hearts of my people. So I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to let you do what you do because I can't do it. And through time, um, one of my girls came to me and said, mom, I don't really know why, but I feel like God said that we're going to move and we're going to move to Georgia and we're going to move this summer. I did not tell anybody that I prayed that prayer, that he would talk to my kids. So to me, my mom's heart needed to be prepared that they were going to be okay. And I needed to have the confirmation that that really was the Lord speaking to me. And I I think as, you know, whether if you're a couple or, you know, if you're single, whatever, um, you know, that God speaks to us in the way that we hear. Um, Because, you know, if God had started talking to me, you know, 10, 12 months ago, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't have handled it. Because for me, once I hear the voice of God, so for me, uh, it's more of, I don't know, it's a feeling, and then God allows me to start lo- losing grace for what I do, right? I love reliance, but then stuff started to be like, ah, I, I just, why am I not finding the joy in this? Um, and I just, I found it funny and it just was a good remembrance to me that God speaks to us differently because he talked to her a year ago. God told me the Wednesday after Memorial Day because he knows my heart once I know and I know for sure this is God, you've given me this assignment. I'm like, okay, cool, let's go, let's do it. What are we doing? And if God had told me a year ago, it, it, it would not have worked with his plan. you know. And I will say I love Penny's heart because we have a great relationship. We've been married 20 years here in November. And, you know, no, I'm, I'm good with getting, you know, hearing her and hearing her heart. And she would talk about Georgia. I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. We are in Kansas. We are called to Wichita. My goodness, they are renovating an office so I can do counseling here at the church. This is where we're supposed to be. I need you to be quiet. And she heard, she didn't listen to me. She listened to the Holy Spirit. And what did the Holy Spirit tell you? He told me to be quiet. So the Lord allowed Penny's obedience to allow the Holy Spirit to start working on my heart. Because I was angry. I didn't want to do it. You know, we sang Make Room for Me this morning. And we had to repent a, a few, probably about a month and a half ago uh, in, in the house, in the prayer room, uh, one Thursday morning. Because, you know, I was like, Lord, if it's what you want, I'm good. I'll follow you, but I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I think it's stupid. I want to be in Wichita. And we had to repent because God, give me, give me the desires of my heart that are desires of your heart. Because I don't want to do it out of 
a begrudging heart. I want to do it because you've asked us to do it and do it in love. And I just think God, God knows your heart, and I had a heart for unity. I wanted us to be unified in what he was asking us to do because it wasn't a calling just for me and just for Dan. It was for our whole family, and God honored that, and he spoke to people, and I prayed, like, spoke, speak to my people individually. Speak to um, my kids. Send people to come talk to them. Speak to Dan. Speak to me. Have people come speak to us together. Like, I asked for all the things. Give us dreams. Give us visions. Do all of it, and every single thing I asked the Lord to do, he did because he's gracious and he's kind and he loves you. So I say it's okay. It's okay to ask for confirmations from the Lord, and he will surely give it to you if you ask him, because that's the kind of God that he is. I just, as we wrap up this morning, I want you guys to know this isn't about our story. Uh, we, are, we are just one example. God wanted our yes, and God wants your yes. Well, if your yes is to be at Reliance for years and to work at this place and do this thing, he just wants your yes. He wants your obedience. And, you know, I think of as I was just thinking about, you know, the, the, this morning, I thought of the guy that the disciples borrowed the donkey. What if he said no? His yes was just to give a donkey. He didn't know that the Savior of the world was going to ride in on it. What if Rahab didn't listen and provide a safe place for the spies in Jericho? So you don't know the impact of your yes. You may never know the impact of your yes. But your yes is you being used by the Father. Um, last week I was in the house and um, this was prayed over people and this comment was made of, what sets you apart is love, and what will set you apart is the way that you love. So I just want to encourage you and give you the thought that it's it's not about the thing that God called you to do. None of, I mean, it matters, but it's about the one who called you to do it in the first place. And if you seek after him, if you seek after the God that gave you the thing, then that's when things are going to fall in place. And that's when you're truly going to be happy. And that's when you're going to be able to move in the calling that the Lord gave you. We're so focused on the will of God and what God is telling us to do when we really just need to be focused on him. And when we're focused on him, that's when we can move in obedience. And that's when the, the, the plan, the thing will be revealed. So I just encourage you, focus on the one who gives you the plan, not the plan itself. There's way more to it than just the plan. So this is Dan and Penny's last Sunday with us. And so I'm going to invite Caitlin. Your kids in here? Or are they hanging out? All right, they'll be here next service, apparently. I want to pray over them for their assignment. Would you extend a handout, church, to them? We love them. And so, Father, we thank you for Dan and Penny. We thank you for their kids, Savannah, for Caitlin and Isaiah. Thank you for what they've meant to us. But we thank you, Jesus, what they said. We're going to give you our yes. We may never know what the impact of this yes will be, but you know what it is, Jesus. And you're worthy. You're worthy of it all. So, Father, we ask that you would bless the Rayburns. We consecrate them as they leave Reliance. They will carry the passion, the presence of these men and women in this place as well. Wherever they go, Father. I thank you for the fulfillment that they brought here and the fulfillment they'll bring everywhere you take them to. In Jesus' name we pray.
Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.